Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Be Free Ministries NC Live broadcast. As I say every week, and I truly mean it, it is such a pleasure to come into your home, into your car, into your office, wherever you may be listening. It is such a pleasure to be able to share the word with you. Hallelujah. God is an awesome God. He's such a good and wonderful God, and we take time to acknowledge him, to bless him, to love on him, to praise him. Because without God, none of this would be possible. This broadcast would not be possible. Our very lives in existence would not be possible without the Lord. So I so appreciate him and thank him right now for his goodness. God, thank you for your grace. God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for keeping me today. God, thank you for keeping the listeners today, Father God. Thank you for keeping us through danger seen and unseen. Thank you for allowing us to have a fruitful day, a productive day, Father God. Any challenges that we have today, God, thank you for helping us to face those challenges, Lord God. We praise you, hallelujah, for keeping us today, for being our strong tower, for being our peace and our joy today. God, we love you so much. We bless and we praise you, Father God, and we welcome you into this atmosphere as we bring forth this word on tonight. God, be with us, be in the midst let our cups sit open to receive the word that you have to pour into us on tonight. God, we love you so much, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So I am excited every week to be able to share what God is speaking to us in this season. Thank you for joining me at our 5 o'clock hour on fourth Sundays so that I can prepare to go to the school board meetings at 630. So thank you so much for tuning in. Our topic tonight is trust in God at all times. I continue or God continues to give me the acrostic, the poem that you use a word for every letter in another word or phrase. So that's what we have tonight in trust. God has given me a word for trust, T-R-U-S-T. So that is what we are teaching on tonight. So I'm going to dive right in. And, and God, what God is, what God was speaking to me and what God is speaking to us Oh, we living in some times, y'all. Like we are living in some tense times. Um, there are political stabilities going on in our world today, and in particular here in the United States, there is unrest. There are racial tensions. White nationalists are, are running rampant. We have the Black Lives Matter movement who is trying to affect change in the community. We have natural disasters that have been occurring um, every week or every other week in our world the last few months and we, or the last few weeks. And we are just in some times right now. Like it's a praying time. It's a, the best time, the perfect time to be in the Lord Jesus. And it's the right time to to be saved, to surrender our heart and our life to Jesus. And it is the best time to trust in God because regardless of what is going on in our world, regardless of what 
President Trump is doing, regardless of what the Senate and the House are doing, regardless of what other world leaders are doing, regardless of what white nationalists are doing, regardless of what our police officers are doing and other leaders in our community, the good and the bad, regardless of all that is going on in our world today, God is still in control. God is head. He sees everything that's going on. He is in control of everything that is going on, even the natural disasters. God might didn't cause them, but he is in control of everything that is going on so we can trust him, rely on him, depend on him, surrender our thoughts and our heart and our perspective and our anxieties and our fears and our worries to him because he is in control. And let me tell you something, God in control makes no mistakes. He doesn't do anything haphazardly. He doesn't do anything by chance. He is in control of all things, is aware of all things, knows all things. And so we honor God for being the all-knowing, all-seeing God, for being sovereign. He seeks after the counsel of his own will, and we can trust in him because he's not going to do anything to harm us. He's not going to do anything to bring Uh, turmoil in our lives. We go through turmoil in life, but that's not of God. He's not going to do anything to abandon us or or leave us by ourselves. He is going to love us through everything we're going through. He's going to see us through everything we're we're going through. He will give us wisdom in everything we're going through, strategies, insight in everything we we go through. So again, he is still in control. God is still in control, and we can trust him. We can we can trust his control. We can trust that he's in charge. <laughs> we might can't trust our president, but we can trust God in charge. Amen. Amen. So we're going to dive right into the word. Hallelujah. So the T in our trust is take it to the Lord in prayer. Y'all have heard me say that what a friend we have in Jesus is my absolute favorite song because there is the second verse, I believe it says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything. The songwriter said, not some things, not a few things. The songwriter says, everything to God in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. These natural disasters that are going on in our world today, take it to the Lord in prayer. Our president who is spouting off just whatever flies through his brain comes out of his mouth, take it to the Lord in prayer. The the, the tax cuts and the health reform that our legislators are trying to bring forth in our country Take it to the Lord in prayer. Even things that might be going on in your on your job or in your family, take it to the Lord in prayer. Receive that peace of the Lord by taking it to the Lord in prayer. Cast off that worry, that doubt, that frustration by taking everything to God in prayer. Ephesians 4 and 6 says, be anxious. For nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then it goes on to say, in the peace of God, seven, that passeth all understanding will guard your heart and mind. So take everything, every, the good, the bad, the ugly, 
take it to the Lord in prayer. When we take things to God in prayer, we are signifying to the Lord that we trust him, that we are relying on him, that we know we can't do it in our own strength, that we know no other human on the face of the planet can do it because they're human. We are trusting in God to work out situations. We are trusting God to bring us to victory. We are trusting God to see us through. So when we take it to the Lord in prayer, we're letting God know, I know I I, I can't do this. (laughs) I'm not strong enough. I'm not wise enough. I can't do this. But God, you who is sovereign, you who are all seeing it all knowing, you can take care of this issue, this situation, this natural disaster, this world event that is going on. You can take care of it. So take it, everything to God in prayer, even if it seems small, even if it's a personal issue that you're having or if you're trying to make a decision in your life, take it to God in prayer. He will lead you down paths of righteousness. He will give you the right answer, let me tell you. So take the small, the medium, and the big to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Amen. Our R is respond. Oh, my God, look. Y'all heard me say, I think last week or the week before last, God is a talking God. Like, God is talking all the time. If we have ears, we need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church because God's Spirit of the Lord, God is speaking to us all the time. And we need to have a ready response, a right response, a on-time response. Amen. Amen. Let's see what the biblical patriarchs did in their response. Moses, in Exodus 3, verse 1 and verse 8, and Moses answered and said, but behold, now let me give you the back, the back history, or give you the history for the back story. <laughs> so at this point, Moses is at the burning bush. The Lord has called him. The Lord is telling, you are going to be the deliverer for my people who are slaves in Egypt. So uh, Moses has already received the word from the Lord. But this is Moses' response to God's word. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And then verse 10, I said verse 8, but it's actually verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither henceforth, nor since. Oh, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. In other words, God, I can't talk properly or eloquently. You, yes, you call me, but my speech is slow. I can't speak eloquently to the people. And then verse 1, how are the people going to listen to me? So Moses is already responding. God has given Moses a great vision, a great destiny. Go deliver my people. And instead of Moses responding with faith, he responds with fear. God, you know, are they going to listen to me when I go? I speak slow, God. I have a list. I don't talk properly. I talk slang. God, are they going to listen to me? Wrong response. And God, God, God took care of that. Like God became angry with Moses because, again, he responded with doubt instead of faith. And then God ended up calling Moses' brother Aaron in order to speak for him. So 
We need to make sure that we're not responding in fear. We're not responding in worry, but we are responding in faith. Amen? Amen. Let me, let's give an example of someone who responds in faith. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 and 8, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Verse 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. That was Isaiah's response to the Lord. Well, Lord, you know, who, the Lord is like, who, who am I going to send? Like, I need somebody to speak to my people. Who am I going to send? Isaiah responded rapidly and in faith. Lord, here am I, send me. That's the type of response we should have to the Lord. Lord, here am I, Send me. You want to send me out into my community? Here am I, Lord. Send me. You want to send me to the gang uh, territories? Here am I. Send me. You want to send me to Africa? Here am I. Send me. You want to send me up the street? Here am I. Send me. You want to send me to the single parents? Here am I. Send me. You want to send me to the drunkards and the whoremongers? Here am I. Send me. That is the response we are to have to our God when he is speaking to us, when he has given us vision, when he is pouring destiny within us. Our response should be, here am I, send me. Even Samuel, in Samuel 10, we know Hannah prayed to the Lord, asked God to give her a son or actually give her a child because she was barren. God gave her a son, Eli, I mean Samuel. And Hannah told the Lord, if you give him to me, I'll dedicate him to the temple. So after Hannah finished weaning him off the milk, after she finished birthing, um, birthing him and then uh, feeding him is about a year or so. She dedicated him to the temple, and Eli was a priest at that time. So Eli took Samuel under his wing, and so the Lord was calling Samuel. It was in the at nighttime. They were sleeping, and Moses heard. I mean, Lord, I get my, my people right. I'm so excited. Okay, let me calm down, breathe. Samuel heard, "Come for thy servant here, for thy servant, um, for thy Lord calleth." And Samuel thought it was Eli calling him, but. Every time he went to Eli, he was like, you know, here am I, you know. And Eli was like, what are you talking about? I didn't call you. So three times this happened. And so Eli recognized that it was God calling Samuel. So he told Samuel, go back to bed. When you hear the voice of the Lord call again, say, here am I. You know, here am I. This is your servant, you know. Here I am. And so the last time that God called Samuel, he uh, received a vision of the Lord. He received a word from the Lord to be the prophet of the nation. And so he spoke to the people of Israel through many kings or as many kings were ruling. Samuel was a prophet at that time, and he always spoke a revelatory word to the people. And so, again, here am I, Lord. You know, your servant here is like, here am I. What are you speaking? What do you want me to do? What vision are you casting upon me? Like, like what um, strategies are you giving me? Like, what insight are you giving me? What prophetic word are you giving me? What prayers do you want me to pray? We need to have a readiness in our spirit to respond to the Lord when he is speaking. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Lord, Seek for thy servant heareth. That was Samuel's response to the Lord. And so we just need to make sure that our ear is receptive to what God is saying. And our response is, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Here I am, Lord. 
send me. Yes, Lord, speak for thy servant heareth. That is our response. That is the response we should have when God is calling us, when God is speaking to us. Even though we may not understand it at that time, we need to obey. Even though it may not feel good, we need to obey. Even though it seems unconventional or out of sorts, or maybe nobody has done it before, or we've never heard it like that before, we still need to respond, yes, Lord, yes. When we respond, yes, Lord, yes. When we respond, here am I, Lord, send me. When we respond, that service is here, speak, and we are we are letting God know that we recognize his voice and that we will obey the call that he is commissioning us to go forth in. Amen. Amen. So respond. Ooh, that was tough on trying to get through that. But respond when God is speaking. Amen. Amen. Our you is understand. So sometimes when God speaks to us, we don't fully understand what God is saying because sometimes God does not give us the full vision. Most times God does not give us the full vision or the full revelation. He gives us a part of it or a little piece of it. Oftentimes he does that because if he gave us the whole vision, we would probably be scared out of our minds because that vision is so much bigger than the realm that we're currently in. You know, so, so God may be speaking, you're a millionaire, but right now, I only have like a dollar in the bank. You know, God may be speaking, I am calling you to preach to the nations, but right now we, we stutter. We have a list. We can't speak eloquently as Moses declared that, you know, that he couldn't. You know, we may have a speech impairment, but God is saying you're going you're gonna to talk to the nations. You're going to preach and teach to the nations. So sometimes God's vision is so big, he can only show it to us in little parts. Right, and so it's almost like you know, with an infant or with a toddler who is starting to learn how to eat, you got to give them cut, cut their meat up, give it to them a little bit at a time, so that they won't choke. So God gives us a little bit at a time, so that we won't run, so that we won't be fearful, so that we won't be anxious or worried about that great destiny, you know, that He's called us to. So we need to. Even the little parts he's, God has given us, we need to make sure that we are understanding that, that we are understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's okay for us to question the Lord, like, God, I heard you speak, but, you know, please make it clear for me. Give me clarity, Father God, in this word that you have spoken to me, or give me clarity to this new ministry that you are calling me to, or God, give me clarity to this new business venture that you want me to launch out in. So we need to make sure that we are understanding what the Lord wants us to do. Amen. We know God God sometimes speaks to us in parables like he did to, to the disciples, and sometimes they didn't fully understand, but as they walked with God and as they spent time with him and communed with him and, and developed their relationship through prayer and through worship and the study of the word, they begin to understand God's voice a little bit more. They begin to understand his plan and his way of doing things. And so Ephesians 5 and 17 tells us, wherefore be ye be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The one place that we can go to understand God's will is his word. We can always go to God's word to understand his will. Every Christian has been given the main vision, and that's to witness the word of God, Spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let people know Jesus saves, and he can save you today. He can deliver you today. He can make you brand new today. So that's the one common destiny or the one common vision that we have as sons and daughters of God to share 
or spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And we need to be able to understand how to do that, to understand God's will in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's all outlined in his word. And then we, again, need to make sure that we are understanding what God is speaking to us individually. Like, God, what are you saying to me? What strategies or guidelines are you giving me, God? What is it exactly that you want me to do or say to this people that you're leading me to? Or, God, you want me to launch out in this vision, or, excuse me, in this business, but what is the business going to be? You know, what is the purpose for this business? You know, how is this business going to uplift your kingdom? How is this business going to spread the good news of Jesus Christ? How is this business going to bless people? So it's okay for us to question the Lord if we don't understand, because God will speak to us. He will respond to us. Amen. And so Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. We need to understand God's seasons and his timing. That's part of understanding God's will is understanding the seasons and the time. We need to understand what season God has us in. Are we in a planting season? Are we in a sowing season? Or are we in a reaping season? Are we on hold right now because God is working some things out for our good, working some things out in our favor, so we're kind of like on pause or in a holding season? We need to ask God, God, what season am I in? Sometimes God will let us know. Sometimes we can discern what season we're in. But other times we just might need to ask, God, what is going on in my life right now? Like what season season am I in? What time and purpose is this in my life right now? And I guarantee God will answer. So, again, having that communion with God, prayer, um, listening to him in prayer, worshiping, studying our word, those are all things we can do to understand God's timing, understand his will, and understand the seasons that we're in. Sometimes God will even reveal to us what season the world is in. Because this is, again, I said it at the beginning of the broadcast, this is a praying time. It's a time for us to be praying for ourselves, to be praying for our neighbors, to be praying for those who have been affected by the devastation that has occurred, to pray for our leaders, our national leaders, our state leaders, our county leaders, and city leaders. We are in a time of prayer, and so we, and so that's the season we're in. We're in a praying It's always a praying season, right? <laughs> but it's even more so now. We are in a season of intercession. We are in a season of laying on our face before the Lord concerning the state of our country, concerning the state of our lives. So we need to understand God's season. Amen, amen. So the S in our trust is silence. Sometimes God is just silent. He is a talking God. He is. I promise you God is a talking God. If you're willing to hear, God will speak to you. But there are some times when God is silent, when he's not saying anything, where he is just sitting back, waiting to see if you're going to follow the last direction that he gave you, waiting to see if you are going to trust him, waiting to see if you're going to go into his word and uh, read the promises and read the principles that he has given us in his word and then act on them, have some action with our faith. So sometimes God is silent because he's waiting on us to move. He's waiting on us to do something. He's waiting on us to pray. 
He's waiting on us, us to walk out in faith. He's waiting for us to launch out because he's already given us the word to. He's waiting for us to speak prophetically to our sister and our brother. He's waiting for us to teach the word. We receive the invite to just go forth and teach the word. And me, so sometimes God is silent because he's waiting on us. And Isaiah 3 and 1 the wrong one. Yeah, it is actually. Isaiah 3 and chapter 1 actually. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. God was silent during those moments when Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord. God was silent. God was preparing Samuel to speak to his people. That was one of the reasons why God was silent. And I'm sure there were some other things going on, but God was silent during this time. There was no open vision. God wasn't speaking directly during this time. And I believe it was because he was preparing Samuel on one hand, but he was working some things out for the people of Israel. He was working some things out in their favor. He was um, doing what only he could do, working things out for their good. So God was silent. At that time, and sometimes God is silent in our lives today. Think about Jesus. I didn't write the scripture down, but you can find it in the Gospels. When Jesus was on the cross, ready to die to save us from our sins, God was silent because a death was occurring. Jesus was dying, and God was silent because he had, Jesus had the weight of the, of the world's sin on his shoulders. And so God was God could not interact with Jesus at that time because he was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. He was carrying the weight of our sin on his shoulders. And so God had to separate himself just for a moment from his son to allow his will to be accomplished. Sometimes in moments in our lives, God is silent. He's not speaking. He's not giving us strategies. He's not giving us guidelines. But I guarantee you, even though God is silent, even though you may not hear his voice, he is still there for you. He is still present. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not abandon you. So you may not be listening to his voice, but he is still an ever-present help in the time of trouble. So don't get tripped up when God is silent. Don't think God has left you when he's not speaking. He's still right there. Sometimes it's just like the the poem, the footprints poem. God is carrying you in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that test, in the midst of that storm. And there's no need for him to speak because he's carrying you. He's working things out in your favor. He's working things out for your good. So there's no need for him to speak. So there's a couple of different reasons why God isn't speaking. A death is occurring. He's working things out in our favor. He just needs to step back to see what you're going to do if you're, again, going to follow that last direction that he gave you. So there's a couple of reasons. And so even in the midst of God being silent, we need to trust him. Just trust him. Because I guarantee you he is still right there. He is still working. He is still moving. He is still God. He is still in control. So trust God even in those silent moments. Amen. Amen. And our last word is trust. 
I couldn't get beyond having the T for trust, in trust. <laughs> so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, y'all know the scripture. Y'all can say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. If you ask God to lead you, he will. If you ask God for direction, he'll give it to you. If you ask God to give you answers, he will give them. May not come at the time you want it, may not come in the way you want it, but I guarantee God will lead, God will guide, and God will answer. We just have to trust him. We have to lay our perspective aside, lay aside what we want, how we think, what we feel, lay it aside, and listen to God and trust him when he speaks may not feel good, you may not like it, but trust God when he speaks. Don't let God speak to you and you say, well, God, I didn't like what you said. I'm going to do my own thing. Don't do it because you can get yourself into some trouble if you do it. And then God come, has to come rescue you, and then you still have to go back and do what God told you to do. So it's, it's in our best interest to trust God the first time he speaks. Trust him because I, I promise you, if you do it your own way, you still are going to have to come back and do what God initially told you. So just trust him initially. Trust him from jump, like we used to say. Trust him from the start. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. God will strengthen you. God will guide you. God will lead you. God will be with you when you trust him. I guarantee you God will do what needs to be done in your life for your good if you trust him. God will work things out in your favor if you trust him, if you Take it to him in prayer. If you respond, if you understand, if you understand God's silence, and then if you trust him, God will make ways out of no ways. As Isaiah 53 says, he will make rivers in the desert and ways in the wilderness. Now, you know God is God if he can make some, some rivers in the desert. But y'all know the desert is dry, hot. Bland, nothing going on, no life, no vegetation except for the cactus. But if God can bring water, because water brings life, water brings restoration and refreshing. So if God can bring waters in the desert, God can surely work out whatever you need Him to work out. Amen. Amen. So we need to trust God. Just lean on Him, rely on Him, give yourself over to Him. He will not disappoint you. I guarantee you, God will not disappoint you. Amen. Amen. So that is all I have time for tonight. Look, if you are in the Durham, Raleigh area, on October 7th, I cordially invite you to our Pocky Book Exchange Fellowship. We are going to have a wonderful time at the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences in Raleigh, North Carolina. Meet us there at 10 a.m. We're going to go into the museum and explore the race. Are we so different? exhibit. I have heard that it is phenomenal, and I'm so excited to go. So you are more than welcome to join us. But look, let me know you're coming because you need a ticket to get in. I do have a few tickets left. So let me know if you're coming by emailing me at thefreeministriesnc at outlook.com 
or visit our website at BeFreeMinistriesNC.Weebly.com. Look at the race tab, and you'll find all the information that you need to register for the event, and then meet us there October 7th at 10 a.m. We will be having lunch afterwards, so bring you some money so that you can enjoy lunch with us, and we will talk about the exhibit and exchange pocketbooks after we look at the exhibit, we'll eat, exchange pocketbooks, and talk about the exhibit, okay? So get more information on our website, all right? So look, join us next week. We're back to 6 o'clock next week. So join us for another prophetic word in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So blessings, grace, and peace to you. And if nobody has told you that they love you today, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off.